Well, Tennessee bounces back in a major way. It was exactly what we talked about in Keys of the Game. Be the bully. Tennessee was the bully in that first half. It wasn't all perfect, but it was what Tennessee needed. That and a whole lot more at your postcast, Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Saturday evening, everybody. Late, late evening, maybe early Sunday morning by the time you're watching this. This is Locked On Vols. It is your team every single day. Appreciate you guys for being here. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Shout out every dayers. Thanks for making Locked On Vols your first listen. This is a postcast. Tennessee, a 45-14 win over the University of Texas at San Antonio. And Tennessee does improve to 3-1 and one on the season. We're going to recap it uh, you know, all here on a postcast. Again, this is more instant reactions, okay? We're just a couple of uh, hours removed from the end of the football game, and I had to take care of my, my work for VolQuest.com. I wanted to get on here and talk to you guys. I'll go back and I'll watch the game more uh, over on Sunday afternoon, and I'll have a column out of VolQuest.com and a couple of different columns. And, um, you know, we'll come back and I'll tell you what I learned from the rewatch and all that. We'll hear scoring plays and all that. But this is supposed to be some raw reactions, um, just like we did kind of after the Austin P game. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. So I'm shooting somewhere around 24, 25 minutes. Um, you know, basically thoughts off the top. Joe Milton, his game, it was some highs and there were some lows. And then my big three takeaways in segment number three. So, you know, bottom line, Tennessee bounced back. Again, like, like I said in the cold open, one of my keys of the game was Tennessee be the bully. Be the bully. You're the University of Tennessee. You're in the Southeastern Conference. You are playing the University of Texas at San Antonio, UTSA. Be the mother flipping bully. And Tennessee was the bully. 31 to nothing at the half. 31 to nothing in the half. Two touchdowns less than five minutes into the football game. That's what I'm talking about. Be the bully. What a great start. It was the start. It was exactly what Tennessee needed. We know what happened last week in the swamp. We know how Tennessee got pushed around and couldn't get a snap off and couldn't run the football and got exposed defensively again to a team that in Florida, which I don't think is very good. And I'm going to stand by that all season long until it proves me otherwise. We know what happened. So we knew the the questions coming in here and the doubts. And, and I've been very critical of Tennessee this past week. And I, I think it's only fair. I mean, I, I shoot them like I see them. I think that's why a lot of you guys respect me. And I hope uh, that you guys respect me because I, I don't ever try to just blow smoke. I, I, I tell you what I think. And there's some serious concern about Tennessee. And I knew going into this game, and I said it on Friday's show, that no matter what happens, it's going to be always oh, just UTSA. Always oh, just UTSA. Who cares? Who cares? Like the, the what Tennessee needed was to win like 65 to nothing. That'd be the best case scenario. Well, you came out and you scored two touchdowns in the first in, in the first five minutes of the football game. You led thirty-one to nothing at halftime, and Joe Milton led the parade with an eighty-one-yard zone keep, and he took it eighty-one yards again to the house on the first play from scrimmage. It was an excellent, excellent start to the football game. So, being the bully, embracing that bully mantra, that mentality—what a job! What a great job to start things off, 31 to nothing in this football game. Then there was a lull. I'm going to talk about that as, as the uh, game kind of goes along more into you know uh, segment three, my three takeaways. There was a lull when things weren't great, but then Tennessee came back and finished strong. A couple more touchdowns in the fourth quarter. We got one, two, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Dylan Sampson, another strong performance. Um, but I thought this was a really good game for Tennessee. Again, UTSA, inferior opponent. I recognize that. 
But I think that there was a lot of good takeaways from this football game. Running the football, a season high in rushing yards, 303 yards from scrimmage uh, in terms of on the ground. That That's that's really, really good. Tennessee averaged 9.2 yards per carry. I thought that was phenomenal. Um, running the football, I thought Joe Milton, and I'll talk more about him in the segment number two, I thought Joe Milton was good. I was trying to say great, and then I went back to good. thought he was really good in the first half of play. Really good. I thought his misses were good misses, okay? And uh, we'll get into the, his start of the third quarter and his game overall, but I like that. I like that. I thought defense responded a little bit well. I thought Tennessee you know, gave UTSA no respect for the over-the-top passing game and did a great job of cleaning things up, running and tackling and shooting your arms and your feet and all that. Um, I thought Tennessee overall did okay on third downs. The stats will tell you that Tennessee went 6-15 on third downs, but a couple of those towards the end of the ball game were with the second-team offense in there. They were just kind of running the football, and uh, really Tennessee kind of went about 50% if you want to get to the nitty-gritty, and I thought that was thought that was pretty good in this regard. Uh, penalties overall, you know, Tennessee was penalized only five times for 40 yards, and that's great considering it was penalized, what, 10 times for 75 yards a week ago. There was a lot of positives in this football game. Took the shots down the field. A lot of good things in this football game. So I think that the positives outweigh the negatives of this game, in my opinion. But there was obviously some things to to focus on. You had the quarterback change, and Josh McCown's uh, son comes in. And um, how uh, Mc, I forgot what his name was. I apologize. Josh McCown, former NFL quarterback that played in the league for like ever. Um, Owen McCown comes in and Tennessee didn't have an answer for him. And I mean, he was 18 of 20, <laughs> you know, 18 of 20. One of his incompletions was, uh, was an interception, 170 yards. And he looked great when Eddie Lee Marburger, you know, could, really couldn't get anything going in that first half of play. And of course, both of those backups to Frank Harris, who didn't play in this game. thought Tennessee was really, really good against the run. Tennessee allowed only 88 yards on the ground, no touchdowns, only 2.2 yards per pop. Again, this is an offense that, sure, you played in Conference USA the last couple of years. Sure, you're in the AAC now. But this is an offense that let, that was top 15 in the country in points and yards um, overall last season. I thought Tennessee did a great job, even though the starting quarterback wasn't in there. So again, I thought that there were some some things to build on. I thought you responded the right way. Joe Milton talked, uh, you know, post game after the Florida game about kind of what were some of those conversations like in the locker room after the Florida loss. It was like, hey, we're either going to come together, we're going to fall apart. Um, and, and I thought Tennessee came together and responded the same or the the way that it needed to. So again, it wasn't pretty. There were some things to work on, and we're going to get into that here in segment number two because I know a lot of people listening and. Um, you know, the backup quarterback is always the most popular player on campus, and it only magnifies and only intensifies when that backup quarterback's the number one overall player in the country, a five-star and the reportedly $8 million man, right, in NIL. But every single time Joe Milton misses, every single time Joe Milton's not perfect, the chance for Nico, I mean, I, I, um, I think it's outrageous, but I understand it. I get where you're coming from. And I still recognize that Nico or that uh, Joe can still play a little bit better. But I'm going to get into his performance and how he played really, really well in the first half of that third quarter from him and the entire team can get you beat against a good team. That's coming up next right here on Lockdown Vaults. I want to tell you about our friends over at Athletic Brewing, proud sponsor of the show. Jumped on a couple weeks ago, did Athletic Brewing Company, and uh, super thrilled to uh, to have them. So, um your game changer of the week, and of course, you know, we'll get into more of this on Monday, but game changer of the week for Tennessee, 
Um, I, I thought that um, you know Squirrel White had a really, really good game in this one. Just like Squirrel White, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game as well. They make non-alcoholic beers actually taste good. Uh, they brew over 40, 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. They're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety as well. They're fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity even more enjoyable, like watching the big game, or maybe it's your kids' games, tackling work, or working out. No hangovers ever. You can find Athletic in store, online, or at the bars around the country. They're the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the United States, so go ahead and get on board. What's your favorite Athletic brew? What do you like? When do you like to have one? I mean, I, again, uh, some of the examples for the big game, when you're with your friends, there's never a bad time to indulge in an Athletic Brewing. Uh, so you can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you. You can buy online at athleticbrewing.com. The first customer can use, uh, first-time customers can use the promo code Locked On uh, to get fifteen percent off your first online order. That's promo code Locked On at checkout for fifteen percent off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, guys, welcome back into it. Locked on balls, your postcast, Tennessee, a 45 to 14 winner over UTSA here on a Saturday night. I uh, appreciate you guys for being here. A lot of good things. And I kind of highlighted some of those good things that I thought outweighed the negative. Um, let's talk about Joe Milton. Joe Milton is a little, probably what you guys want to talk about. And, um, you know, we'll go ahead and get into him here in segment three. His final or segment two, his final stats in this football game. 18 of 31, 209 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked once. He had a long of 48 yards. Of course, that was the Ramel Keaton touchdown, I believe. Uh, he ran the football five times for 94 yards. He was sacked once for a, a loss of five. So uh, he ended the game at 89 yards and a touchdown. I thought Joe Milton did a lot of good things in this game. Again, starting from play number one, the 81-yard touchdown run. So... So many times we talk about, um, you know, we're talking about zone read, zone read. The defenses aren't respecting Joe Milton's running ability. Why? Because Joe Milton doesn't keep it in the zone read. And if you're a defense and you know that the quarterback's not going to run, you are going to sell out for the handoff. You're going to sell out. And even though nobody's sitting around waiting for quarterback, you're going to hand it off and go make that tackle. If you put it on tape, if you show teams the ability that your quarterback can keep on the zone read, and make something happen, then teams got to have to start respecting it. And I thought it was just brilliant. I know they weren't trying to go out and score a touchdown on the very first play of the game, but hell, you'll take it, right? But I thought it was brilliant to put it on tape early in this football game of Joe Milton keeping the zone read. Therefore, South Carolina, A&M, Alabama, Kentucky, everybody, everybody else on that schedule now has to respect Hendon, or now has to respect Joe Milton. Got to respect Joe Milton now and his ability to keep on the zone read and try to make something happen. Lo and behold, he keeps it, runs 81 yards. What a great start. Tennessee needed to show that. Joe needed to show that he could run, and you took a team that you're better than, and you bullied them right from the get-go, 81 yards to the house. What a start for the University of Tennessee. What a start for Joe Milton, right? Joe Milton started this football game 14 of 16. Or excuse me, I believe it was... Yeah, 14 of 16, Joe Milton started this football game. In the first half, a lot of, lot of perimeter throws, some screens and all that. I get all that. But even in the first half, and I'll chart this when I go back and watch it, guys. But even in the first half, 
didn't take a whole lot of shots down the field, but when he did, I thought that they were really good misses. So you missed one to McCallan Castles over the middle that might have been a little high, okay? You threw one to Romel Keaton in the back of the end zone where the defensive back just made a play. Um, on the last drive of the first half, that 55-yard bomb or whatever it was to Chaz Nimrod, I mean, hell, that was a damn good ball. You know, I'm getting into it with some guys on the GQ, and you know, people people have made up their minds. Some people, some people. You don't like Joe Milton, and, and no matter what he does, you're never going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And again, Joe is Joe to this point, and that's fair. I'm not sitting here trying to say you should, you know, Joe Milton needs to be the quarterback for this reason, that, or whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there are some people out there that have already made up their minds. It doesn't matter what happens. He could cure cancer, and you're still going to say, well, he should have cured it five years ago. You know what I'm saying? But that and that throws a perfect example. I don't know if the receiver, you know, was too wide on that. I don't know if Joe should have maybe th throw the football a little bit more in inside on the shoulder. But what I do know is that was a 50 plus yard bomb down the far sideline, and it was a gorgeous, gorgeous ball. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and chastise Chaz Nimrod for not reeling that in. Again, it was, it was right out there, it was off his fingertips. I'm just saying that was a good ball. You know, these Bazooka Joes, overthrow Joes, yada, yada, yada. Well, he was eight yards behind the, the defense. Why can't you just put it in there? Guys, the throw was 50-plus yards, and it was a good one. Man, I just thought that was a damn good throw to end the half. I did. I know I'm getting passionate about it because I just thought it was a good throw. I'm going to say it again. I thought it was a good throw. Um, but then you kind of go into that second half, that third quarter lull that we'll talk a little bit more about in segment number three. It was bad. All right. For as good as Joe Milton was in the first half, even his misses looked pretty good. Um, he started the game 14 of 16. Then he <laughs> then he went 0 for 8 on his next eight throws. Um, you know, one of those was, I believe, or maybe this was after that, but the Ramel Keaton one that kind of knocked Keaton out uh, over the middle thought that was a good throw. Thought that was a really, really good throw. And I thought Ramel Keaton, I'll have to go back and watch it on the replay again because I didn't get to see many replays, but. Um, if he didn't hit the turf and kind of get hurt there, um, he probably doesn't get that ball jarred loose. That's probably another big gain, right? Um, the one to squirrel wide in the end zone, that's probably the worst miss of the those aren't horrible throws kind of category that I'm putting out there because squirrel white's all by himself in the back of the end zone. The ball was a little high. But I'm telling you, again, you want that one back, I hear you. But if you had any other receiver on that football team, that's a touchdown catch because the fact of the matter is, Squirrel White is five foot eight or five foot nine, whatever it is, and you want him out there because he's going to make more plays than not. But he's a short dude, and if you had anybody else in that spot, they were going to make that catch. And I'm not again, I'm not trying to just you know crap on Squirrel White here. It's just fact of the matter, he's a short guy. Uh, and if you had a taller receiver there, that that's a touchdown. Uh, point blank, it's a touchdown. Um, I thought that one was was not that bad. There's a couple other ones that um, I, I'm, I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But then there were some bad ones. I mean, that one to squirrel white right across the middle of the field, threw, threw it well behind him. Like, what are you doing there? I mean, there was a couple bad throws. So, you know, as good as Joe Milton can look, man, just find that consistency. Find that consistency because you cannot go 0 for 8 uh, in, in a stretch against South Carolina. You'll get your butt whipped. You'll get your butt whipped during that time. And, again, Tennessee's whole team – did not come out in the second half ready to go. It wasn't just Joe Milton. You look at Joe Milton's first half stats compared to his third quarter stats, horrendous. You look at Tennessee's first half offensive stats compared to the third quarter offensive stats, horrendous. Tennessee's defense didn't come out well either. Uh, you had uh, <laughs> you had UTSA that marched down the field at the start of the third quarter, uh, scoring on a three-yard pass from Owen McCown. Made, made a change at quarterback. Owen McCown comes in. He leads UTSA down, scores 
on a 15-play, 75-yard drive that took 7 minutes and 28 seconds off the clock. Uh, countless third downs were converted during that 15-play drive. And Tennessee's defense did not do well. So you allowed that touchdown. Tennessee's offense goes three and out. And then UTSA comes back down. A 43-yard pass from Owen McCown to Alcoa's own Tyke Ogle-Kellogg. Again, 43 yards, 66 uh, yards off four plays. Only a minute 13. So right off the bat, you have UTSA that scores 14 points. And and then it's kind of getting close. There's like 31-14. It's like, what are you doing here? Tennessee put the clamps on. They didn't score again. Tennessee scored twice in the fourth quarter. And again, it was 45-14. It was, it was a good win. But that third quarter was not great. You had, at one point in time, like 141 yards of total offense for UTSA in the third quarter, whereas Tennessee had like seven yards of total offense. Third quarter wasn't good. Joe Milton wasn't good. Tennessee's offense wasn't good. Tennessee's defense was not good. <laughs> was not good in the, uh, in the third quarter. So it just is what it is. My point is... Joe looked really good. He did some good things all day long, and I still think it was a strong game for Joe Milton. But there was a stretch where he looked horrible, and that type of stretch will get you beat, in my opinion. You, I mean, you, you're going to miss plays here and there. You're going to have a bad series. You're going to have a bad throw, and that's fine. Nobody's going to be perfect, okay? But when you have a stretch like that, and your offense endures a stretch like that, a team like South Carolina with arguably the best quarterback and one of the best quarterbacks in the country right now, Spencer Rattler, you're going to get your tail whipped. So that was a little alarming. Overall, I think Joe Milton a solid game. Um, that completion percentage is not good at the end of the game. Uh, 18 of 31, whereas you started 14 of 16. But um, overall, I thought it was a strong game for Joe Milton, but a missed opportunity. Tennessee should have got another quarterback a whole lot of work in this one. Uh, and Nico, a whole lot of work in this one, but I'll get into that here in just a second. Uh, Joe Milton threw the ball very well. I continue to say I thought outside of a series he was pretty sharp against Virginia. I thought that um, even though it was a lot on the receivers, I thought his worst game by far of the season was against Austin P. I thought he was much, much better, still needed to to do some things against Florida, but I thought he was much better against Florida, and I thought that he was much better, especially for three quarters tonight uh, than, or, 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 you know, this evening than he was uh, against Florida. He also he also got bent up pretty well, man. It looked kind of gross, and I'm not sure if he was really the same after that. He said he was fine in postgame, but again, I'll get, I'll get more thoughts. I'm going to go back and watch this game. Uh, later tonight, early tomorrow morning, I'm going to have a column out there. So I'll come back with uh, s- some more focused, if you will, some more notes from this football game on things I missed in real time. And I miss a lot of things. I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend that I get everything in, in the first time around. I mean, I'm writing, I'm tweeting, I'm, I'm statting, I'm doing all this type of stuff. So I miss a lot. I'll go back and watch. Uh, when we come back, some of the big three takeaways outside of what I've already talked about. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Balls. I want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. How do they do that? Well, simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus its leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. 
All right, guys, we've got a final segment left here this postcast edition. Tennessee, a 45-14 to 14 winner over UTSA. Welcome back into it. I'm Eric Kane. A reminder on Monday's show, we're going to have – I'm going to have all my notes from the rewatch, so I'll have a much better idea of exactly what was going on there. And um, really, really looking forward to that. Uh, last segment here, I labeled it the big three takeaways. I've already talked about a lot of it, but I'm going to give you a couple more takeaways here. Uh, the first two are going to be quick because the last takeaway, what we're going to end the show on is – Arguably one of the most important things that we got to keep an eye on um, as the week goes on. Uh, first and foremost, I already mentioned it a little bit earlier. Tennessee runs the ball. Tennessee's at its best when it runs the football well. Tennessee, 303 yards rushing in this football game. And, of course, a big jolt of that came on an 81-yard touchdown run from Joe Milton on the first play from scrimmage. you got to love that. But Dylan Sampson, career day, baby. 11 carries. 139 yards, two touchdowns. Jabari Small looked good as well. Nine carries. He had 61 yards, averaging nearly seven yards a pop. He had a touchdown as well. Jalen Wright, I'll talk talk more on this here in a moment, but a little bit banged up, only carried the ball four times, but he was shaken up, and he did not return after, I believe, getting shaked up uh, or shook up a little bit early in the third quarter. Maybe it was the second quarter, but I thought running the football was great. Tennessee's going to be what it wants to be. It's got to run the football. 303 yards rushing. You got to love that. Tennessee averaging over nine yards a carry. You got to love that. A lot to love there for sure. Uh, number two, defensively, my charge was go get the football. Go get the freaking football. Well, it wasn't you know, as much as I'd want, but Tennessee did go get the football twice. I believe Tennessee won the turnover battle uh, two to nothing. Tennessee had two interceptions, and that was really, really good to see. Let's see here. Tennessee had... Tennessee won the turn of a battle three nothing. Yeah, Tennessee had a fumble recovery. I forgot about that. Anyway, two two interceptions. Uh, one from Tamari McDonald, which he played it just like a wide receiver, and that was uh, that was good to see. And the other one came from Warren Burrell. Yeah, the other one came from Warren Burrell. So uh, two interceptions for Tennessee. That was awesome to see. Uh, Tennessee also had. Oh, four sacks and seven TFLs. Yeah, four sacks, seven TFLs. Another sack for Tyler Barron. I think that's four on the season for him. Uh, it's really, really good to see. He had a sack from Caleb Herring, a strip sack. That's right. Uh, that was that third. Uh, that was that third turnover. Caleb Herring, a strip sack. Austin Lewis recovered it. That was good to see. Omar Norman Lott. It was suspended in the first half, but he came back and he had a sack. And who was the other one that had a sack? Uh, Tamari McDonald also had a sack. Uh, Tennessee, seven TFLs as well. So, again, it was an inferior opponent. It was good to see. I like the way the coaches were dedicated to rotating the secondary. Saw some guys in different spots, in different places this this game. Uh, Jordan Thomas, rep with the second team at Star, also played a little bit of safety along with Andre Tarantine. You saw Brandon Turnage play more corner instead of Star. Uh, this week, which was good to see. Still not as many snaps for Ricky Gibson as we'd like. I don't understand that. Um, I would play him over Warren Burrell at this point, but that's just me. Uh, but anyway, the dedication to rotating guys in the secondary, I like that an awful lot. So that's my second point. And then point number three, gosh, you hate it in games like this. I don't think any of these are super severe, but of course, not to sound like Josh Heupel, we'll know as the week goes along. <laughs> uh, but you had too many guys getting banged up in this football game, man. Too many guys banged up in this football game. At points in times, you saw Cooper Mays, of course, did not play in this football game, and Man, you just you just wonder if, if he's going to be back next week and and just kind of determine when he's going to be back. Um, again, it's a situation that is tough to come back from if you're playing you know football at this level. I get it, 
Uh, but this is about the third week in a row that he's been out there, pads, going through warm-ups, all that type of stuff. We'll see if he gets back next week. But you're without Cooper Mays. You're without the Nico Slaughter, who repped and, and warmed up in the secondary but did not in pregame, but did not play in this football game. Uh, let's see here. You had Joe Milton, who got banged up a little bit, talked about his knee getting bent. bent. I mean, everybody in the press box is kind of holding their breath. They're like, ooh, that did not look good, but he bounced right back up, went back in. That was good to see. Uh, Jalen Wright got banged up. And again, I, this is just from, you know, 50 yards away up in the box. I haven't even watched the replay. It looked like he got landed on. It looked like he got his bell rung a little bit. Uh, maybe going to look in at uh, a situation to where, you know, maybe concussion protocol or something. Just just check him out. Uh, again, uh, you know, I don't know if he could have came back in or not, but like why, why risk it? He's your best running back. Um, but you could tell he got his bell rung just a little bit because I think he got landed on after after one or after a run. So, uh, don't think that's too serious, but we will see. Uh, Brew McCoy, um, he got banged up a little bit. That's why Caleb Webb came in and uh, played for him early on. It was good to see Caleb Webb have a have a touchdown as well. But he had his helmet on, ready to go. He was active on the sideline the entire time. That that leads me to believe that he was going to be just fine. Romel Keaton, that was scary stuff, man. Um, again, I'll, I'll go back and and watch it more closely on the on the rewatch. But going and trying to make that catch, and his head is the first thing to hits the ground. Man, I, I banged my head on turf one time, and I had a turf like stain on my helmet one time. Um, God, it hurt. God, it hurt. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm just, I feel for him, man. And it looked like he was knocked out. And um, he got up, and he walked to the sideline. That was great to see. But obviously, talking about some concussion, you know, checking in to see if he had a concussion there because you saw on the replay, he banged his head off the ground. And man, that's some scary stuff. Uh, John Campbell did not have his helmet for much of the second half. Was over there on the sideline. He didn't look like he was super injured, but he didn't have his helmet. So what's the situation there? Aaron Beasley uh, went out, didn't go back in. I, could he have gone back in? I think he probably could have, but he was kind of held out a little bit. Dominic Bailey was out for the rest of the game as well. So again, those are a lot of guys. Some of those guys are really big-time key contributors that you never want to see get hurt in a game like this. Now, again, I'll say it again. Some of these guys... I'm not going to speculate on which ones and everything more than I already have, but I think some of these guys, I mean, if you were playing a South Carolina and Alabama and SEC team where you weren't winning 31 to nothing at halftime, you would have saw those guys come back in. But, like, you know, why bother, right? Why bother? Why risk it? So, um, man, too many guys kind of got banged up in this one. You didn't really like to see that whatsoever. So we'll have to keep tabs on some of these guys. Joe Milton, of course, he he came in. He never missed any action. Jalen Wright, Brew McCoy, Ramel Keaton, John Campbell, Aaron Beasley, Dominic Bailey, Danico Slaughter, Cooper Mays. Those last two, of course, didn't play. They were held out. But uh, I have to keep tabs on those guys as the week goes on. Anyway, you want to spin it? Tennessee did exactly what it was supposed to do. It was a 31-point victory. A lot of crying. A lot of belly aching. I get it. It wasn't perfect. I get it. The third quarter was awful. I get it. There were some bad throws by Joe Milton in this football game. I get it. At the end of the day, Tennessee did exactly what it was supposed to do. It jumped out 31-0. It scored twice in the first five minutes. Scored on this first play from scrimmage. Um, Tennessee won by 31 points against an inferior opponent. Sure, it was only UTSA. I understand it, but this is the type of response. This is the type of game that we wanted to see, that we needed to see from Tennessee, and Tennessee delivered. Now, what's this mean next week in South Carolina? We'll break that down. We'll project that. We'll preview that all next week, okay? That's what next week is for. But what we needed to see tonight was Tennessee respond the right way, and that's what we got. Tennessee responded the right way, okay? You get 12 Saturdays guaranteed every single season. Tennessee got a dub tonight. Pat yourself on the back and move on, guys. 
I uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Appreciate you guys for watching. Hope you guys are enjoying your weekend. You got a big orange win, so that's something to celebrate for sure. We will break down even more of this football game. I'll rewatch it tomorrow. We'll come back on uh, Monday with some of my rewatch notes, scoring plays, and a whole lot more. And then we'll start to look at South Carolina. Big week ahead for Tennessee, and no better place to get previewed for that game than right here on Lockdown Balls. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Have a blessed Sunday, everybody.